Welcome to the Qualified Tutor Podcast. I'm your host, Ludo Miller, and I'll be interviewing tutors and thought leaders from across the tutoring landscape to inspire, inform, and motivate you to become the best tutor you can be. The Qualified Tutor Community is a safe and supportive space for tutors who love to learn and grow. We offer training, resources, ideas, and a chance to connect with like-minded tutors. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join our Qualified Tutor Community at www.qualifiedtutorcommunity.org or find it in the show notes. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Qualified Tutor Podcast. Today, I'm delighted to welcome on Martin Rowe, Head of Operations at CPD, Continuing Professional Development. Today, we're really going to open up a discussion that we haven't had too much of on this podcast so far, but which has been a large part of our conversations as as a team and with those external providers such as CPD that we've been working with uh, since we began. Today, we'd really like to get into why CPD is so important for tutors and so important in the tutoring profession. Uh, Martin and I talked recently about the need for making tutors aware that they are professionals in their industry, much like teachers are and much like many other sectors are. Traditionally, uh, tutors have not been seen as professionals. They've been seen as stopgap workers who fill those gaps in knowledge of students as and when and then move on to, to different work. But today, hopefully, we'll go some way to changing that. Um, and uh, Martin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's brilliant to have this angle uh, on, on uh, our approach and our discussions of, of tutoring. Um, and I mentioned there, you know, how CPD is so important for the tutor. And really, that filters down to reassuring parents of, of quality assurance and giving students the best uh, possible teaching and tutoring uh, that they can, because that continuing professional development for the tutor percolates down to all areas of the tutoring environment. And talking of students, I'd love to open up, Martin, with with what kind of a student were you and whether you ever had a tutor yourself? Well, what a wonderful question. I think I would point you to a TED talk to describe what student I was. Uh, It's by Tim Urban, uh, and it's called Inside the Mind of a Great Procrastinator. (laughs) So I think I've just described exactly the sort of student that everyone listening to this podcast will recognize. Um, And whilst I'd love um, to uh, come across as the perfect rational student, learner, professional, uh, uh, I do suffer, like everyone else in the, in the entire world, from the instant gratification monkey syndrome. Um, uh, so I am entirely dependent upon deadlines for everything I do. Um, but I have adapted. Um, um, working in CPD and in, and in, and in other uh, professions that I have, um, I've changed from um, that... Uh, 24, 48 hour window um, to a deadline to collecting uh, as a hunter-gatherer, as I probably am now, using Cornell Notes, which is something we recommend for everyone. And if only as a student, I'd have had Cornell Notes 
templates um, to record my learning. Um, it wouldn't, it would have stopped my mother buying thousands of postcards from WH Smith in the vain attempt to turn me into a successful crammer by <laughs> using those cards in some sort of shuffle um, as I entered exam rooms. So she was um, trying to change the kind of student you were, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, she didn't succeed, sadly. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe that, that reveals something about what, what we're like inherently as, as students. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting point there, really, isn't it? It's that uh, it, it really reveals a lot, that, that question that we ask, because, you know, uh, where our guests have come to in, in, their, in the point in their careers when we interview them is, is really can be quite a long way from what, who they were as students, but also can give a real indication. Uh, and considering all our guests are, are experts in their field, you know, that, that gives a really kind of clear message to current students about how to kind of, how to go about their, their tutoring and how to go about their, their, their learning, sorry. Um, but perhaps that one is perhaps not so uh, not so instructive. But um, uh, Martin, it would be it would be great to know kind of uh, just to kick off this um, discussion with a little exploration of what CPD is, both the kind of um, the the organisation you work for, but also the kind of the wider understanding of, of what that means in a professional sense. Yeah, I can start with the last bit first, probably, and talk about what CPD is and how it came about, and then our gestation um, as an organisation, as the CPD Certification Service. Um, CPD obviously stands for Continuing Professional Development, um, and it's a non-regulated sector. And we think it's been around from roughly the end of World War II, um, certainly in the UK, um, when we also think, and there's no definitive um, answer to this, the Royal College of Surgeons, who, with the experience of surgeons in wartime and then with the advent of the National Health Service, um, were the first body to adopt it to improve surgical outcomes uh, by training surgeons to do the same thing in the same way and, 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 and become consistent in how they performed, which is something that wasn't a feature in pre-NHS days. And that lead was followed by most of what you call the traditional professions, including other parts of the medical sector, law, accountancy, architecture. Um, and today there are over 2000 institutions that offer people effectively letters after their name for being a member of their particular august body. Um, and CPD itself isn't about primary qualification. It exists to meet the developmental and training needs of professionals who use the outcome from learning in a CPD to retain and improve their right to practice in their profession throughout their working life. But of course, where individuals, and we're talking here probably about 80% of uh, the working population, are not members of a professional body, CPD is exactly the same as training. So it has other outcomes. And we'll talk, probably talk about those later. Um, there is an international standard for CPD, um, 17,024, 2012, and that covers CPD for persons. Um, and if you ever buy a copy of it, um, I think you should always put it by your bedside 
um, because it's a wonderful document to send you to sleep. Um, and it covers CPD for persons, but not how to deliver CPD. Um, and it's quite an odd thing for us that people who are responsible in the UK for ISO standards, um, there's the UK Accreditation Service who audit um, certified bodies uh, and the British Standards Institution is the official UK delegate to ISO. They're both members of us um, because we actually do something that's not covered um, by that standard. Um, and it places us in an odd position of, of supervising CPD um, for any form of organization which comes to us uh, wanting to be able to improve the knowledge, which is the core of it, that they're presenting to their chosen audience. Um, and whether that's a professional audience who are going to use a CPD certificate to re help retain their membership of a professional body or uh, an employee or member of some other organization who will use the certificate to enhance um, their career in some way. Um, and the number of organizations that are out there indicates it works. They all work on different principles, but the CPD that's delivered should, in our opinion, um, have uh, a consistency of professional um, outcome um, uh, for the particular audience that it's seeking to address. And that's no different than many areas of education. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's the key point to, to point out, isn't it, is that, um, you know, there's, it's obviously uh, has traditionally been in, in a certain number of sectors and has been a large part of, of education as well for many years, as you said, you know, after this kind of architectural and, and, and you know, those kind of areas of, of profession. But um, it's an important part, really, of, of all areas. And I feel like the recent discussions we've had about um, different types of CPD applications that have come in suggested it is really a widening <laughs> kind of field, isn't it? Very much so. I mean, uh, um, to, to give your audience some idea of the breadth of topic um, which we assess for CPD certification, um, the most wonderful two that always spring to mind are, you know, in my experience, um, cupcake making, which I, I'm sure is a valuable CPD skill for some people, um, to the other extreme, um, which was very important at the time, um, which was how NATO forces treat battlefield injuries. Yeah. Uh, and that at the time when um, NATO was um, very, very heavily involved in Afghanistan and Iraq, and um, uh, we had um, a wonderful opportunity to help um, ex expose people who wouldn't have been aware of this, uh, these treatments to, um, to how, could, how they could improve how they did things. Um, yeah. It was, it was challenging. Yeah, well, there's you know, it just really shows what uh, what continuing professional professional development sort of means, doesn't it? You know, it really can be in any area that uh, that you are working in, any area that is a profession.
And now, a brief word from our founder, Julia Silva. If you'd like to hear more about the ideas we touch on here, or gain the tools to take your own tutoring to the next level, the qualification for tutors could be for you. This live online seminar is facilitated by industry experts who, over four Zoom workshops, will cover the foundations of teaching and learning and how it relates to you as a tutor. The workshops are full of rich discussions where you'll learn alongside other tutors and connect on a professional level. We will teach you how to be the kind of tutor every child remembers. Visit our community space at qualifiedtutorcommunity.org and sign up now for our transformative course. We'll see you there. Yeah, I think the, the next question is, is really important for understanding why that continues to exist in so many professions. So really, Martin, I'd love to ask, why, why is this continuous training so important? Well, if we think of ourselves, we start when, when we're in education, uh, we have some outcomes that are set for us generally at age 16 and 18. And if you go into um, tertiary education um, um, from, let's say, 21 onwards, depending on the type of course you're doing. Um, but if you go down uh, any of those routes, um, you can't stop learning you have to continue. Now, if you are working in one of those professional areas, it's a must that you have to continue to learn to retain the skills in your profession. But if you're not um, a member of a professional body, you still have to continue to learn to retain your employability. Um, because those of, who fall behind are the first ones that are going to go out of the door. And in post-employment um, times, um, that is often called lifelong learning. And it's a continuum which starts when we enter um, school, uh, preschool at the age of four. And it really doesn't stop until somebody's um, um, screwing down the coffin. It certainly won't with me. Um, and I can illustrate that um, in one simple thing. I was always told at school, originally by uh, one of my maths teachers, that I was no good at maths. And I avoided maths, despite the fact that when I was doing a degree, I, I managed to get first in statistics. <laughs> um, uh, and I thought, I'm not rubbish at maths. I want to prove late in life relatively, that I can do it. So I went and did GCS, GCSE maths in 12 months and passed, and I got a B. And I only got a B because um, uh, in 12 months, you can't do the whole curriculum. <laughs> um, so I'm quite proud of myself for that. Yeah. Because it just illustrates the commitment that individuals can apply to any part of their um, personal and professional life to improve what they do. And by improving what they do, they have the capacity to improve what they do for others. That's, that's the key point there really, isn't it? It's, uh, it's that mixture of personal development and professional development. And, and that professional development, as we mentioned before, kind of trickles down to those that they are serving, those that they are working with. And that's such a key and kind of selfless point, isn't it? Is that we improve ourselves to improve others. And that couldn't be more true 
than in the tutoring profession where every single minute of the work we do is there to help the student that we're working with. It's really about their outcome as a student, isn't it? The best Mm. tutors give the best outcomes to their students, not just academically necessarily passing exams, but also inspiring that kind of independent learning and that love for for taking on more and more learning. so that's a really important point there about training in general, the kind of the constant improvement of your skills, that continuous learning and progress, but also that helping others and how improving your own skills improves the outcomes for others. Um, now, I think that, you know, just touching on, on, on tutoring there, I think where I want to take this now is, is kind of really follows that path, which is you know, how how is that training a differentiator? You know, this is a word that, that you've used before, Martin, but how is it that training is a differentiator? And especially perhaps with regard to tutoring, how is it that that training can be the difference between a good and a bad tutor? I think um, training in itself, um, if you look at training is really for people who are going places. And if you don't train, you're not going anywhere. So if you're a tutor, um, if you aren't, or, or if you aren't um, continuing to improve and learn from experience, and then through CPD um, and the work that you're doing, the experience of others, you're actually going backwards. Um, and you've got to consider that. For tutors, if tutoring is about the student, why should the tutor stop improving? Because it's a professional activity that should be addressed in a professional way. And we should all be seeking every day to get better at the things that we do. Um, it's um, To me, it's a self-evident truth. Um, and I hope that people listening to this will... Um, feel that um, I've touched upon a nerve um, and that they'll um, take the appropriate action um, and sit down and plan and to improve because that's what it will do for them as tutors. Teachers, of course, have to do it um, because um, Ofsted will want to see evidence of CPD. Uh, tutoring is slightly different in, 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 in its focus um, it's a one-to-one style, um, but there are things that the tutor can always learn to do differently uh, according to the needs of the particular student or better according to the needs of all the students that they come across. Yeah, well, that's, that's, it. that's it really, isn't it? It's that uh, combining that, that personalised style with that wider grounding in teaching and learning, that constantly improving your overall uh, kind of service, isn't it? And, and that's something that we've really held very true as, as qualified tutor ever since we began is that our main access course, the qualifications of tutors, gives tutors that, that fundamental grounding in teaching and learning, not necessarily specific to any subject or any age range, but including examples from 
certain subjects, you know, for maths and English, and including examples from certain key periods in the student's life. So maybe 11 plus or, you know, SATs or kind of GCSEs. So that's really what, what you're saying there is mixing that wider grounding and then also improving your personalized approach. And that will come through experience. And part of that experience is really through, through that training. Um, and, you know, perhaps, we, you know, this is an area that's, you know, tutors have heard before, and perhaps it hasn't for those that have never heard kind of the importance of this for their specific profession. It would be great to hear a little bit more about this point, Martin, but, but, Really, the question is a, is, is a simple enough one. Why should tutors seek CPD? It goes back to the original point about improving your performance in that role continually. Um, that's the essence of CPD. And, of course, the way we're working with you guys is that we're looking at the materials that you are providing to that audience uh, who want to improve and we're adding in our experience in the preparation and delivery of CPD itself um, when we look at um, any of the material that you guys have got out there or or um, or, or any of our other members because we're a membership based organization um, we have a team of 12 professional assessors. We digitally score everything that we see and we provide improvement feedback on everything that we, um, that we get. So when those tutors are doing CPD, they know it's been not just curated by somebody who cares, which, are, which is your organisation. They also know that it's been third party assessed from the perspective of improving their longer term outcomes. So they should definitely do it, but they should do it in a, in a fairly structured way. Um, uh, uh, structured CPD is one of the many um, terms that's used. And in fact, uh, you know, I've developed a CPD taxonomy that I won't bore you with today. Um, Doing it is a fundamental improvement point for every tutor and teacher who cares about improving the outcomes of the young people who are effectively in their care. And that's it, isn't it? That's, you have to be aware that the student's learning is in your hands. Um, and, and that's something perhaps that tutors have struggled with before because they feel that they are really only supplementary to the teaching that a child receives at school. And while that is true, while uh, tutors are there to work with teachers alongside their, their main teaching, which is going to be in school, tutors are not just sort of supplementary gap fillers. You know, they are there to direct the child's learning and to improve their ability to work well at school. That's another key point, is that if you inspire a love of learning in that one hour, one and a half hour session you have with them once a week, they can go back to school ready and raring to go for learning. Um, 
and understanding how to inspire that, understanding how to plan effective sessions, understanding how to measure progress so you can give effective feedback to their parents or, or to them directly. That is what you learn in CPD. That is what you learn in training. So the, the, really the, the relationship there is, is just being um, highlighted very clearly. You know, you have I think to- it's also very important now to bear that in mind in the context of the National Tutoring Programme that's um, uh, just about to start to roll um, because it, in fact, it doesn't say it in itself, but that programme should only be delivered by people who can do it professionally and who have a commitment to improving how they do it over time, even allowing for the fact that that program is at a relatively small proportion of the entire student population. Um, uh, The entire student population can all um, improve by undertaking tutoring. Um, And it would probably be an example for me that had I had a maths tutor all those years ago, I would have been able to put to the sword the comment that I was no good at maths. <laughs> Which has lived with you to this day. <laughs> well, yeah. I know it. No, I, also have, I also have proof it's not true. Yes. <laughs> My new Excel does help. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. You know, use automation as well. That's one of the keys, isn't it? Not so easy in tutoring. But um, Martin, just, just touching now on a really... Um, up to date and kind of topical area of tutoring the NTP you know that, that, that's brilliant to bring that into the conversation because it is really directing tutoring everywhere in this country right now and it's also launching tutoring in, into the kind of the national consciousness and, and, and raising the level and the understanding of tutoring and, and that will inevitably bring about a greater uh, demands for training and for professionalism and for regulation which is you know Perhaps the word regulation isn't quite so exciting, but the word training and the word leveling up and the word kind of um, standards, those are words that tutoring has called out for, for for many years and finally seem to be kind of just turning over. Um, but I feel I, I wanted to end with, with kind of looking ahead. Um, and I wanted to ask you, Martin, what you think training will look like in, in the kind of in the post-COVID world? It's an interesting one because we've seen a huge shift since March uh, 2020, where up to March 2020, around about 35% of everything that we received to uh, assess um, and certify um, was digital. That's now in excess of 50%. And that reflects the fact that there's been a complete close down in face-to-face training and there's been a complete close down um, in the conference um, um, conference sector with authorities for speakers speaking to uh, um, self-selected audiences. So I think we'll certainly see more digital. Nevertheless, there are a couple of things that we have to be mindful of, and it's something that we will be doing in the not too distant future. Um, is addressing the the difficulty of what I would call digital ageism. A lot of digital output will age um, and we're going to be restricting our certification on digital output to three years in the not too distant future. Um, Because 
what we often see is that it's still up there in the internet and it looks as though it's got the authoritative um, CPD certified logo on there. But to be honest, some of it may have become very, very passe. Uh, and we want to address that. At the same time, we also know that face-to-face -face has to come back because where practical skills need to be developed, observed, assessed, um, the digital format will never do that. So we will see a slow return to face-to-face. -face. Will it be as large as it is uh, or as it was previous to um, 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 to mid-March 2020? That's an open question. Uh, one would hope it comes back forcefully because that means of the aspects of our general health and communities will will have improved anyway um, to allow that to happen. Um, but I see more in podcasting coming along. I, I see um, uh, digital platforms like Zoom, um, uh, WebEx, uh, and others um, coming out stronger. Um, and it's going to be an interesting thing about how work changes, and in particular, how the education system is going to operate from September, and how we, as an office-based business, are going to operate in the future. Yeah. Um, because um, anything that we do, um, and we hope that that's true of all the people that we deal with, has to be focused on the health and welfare of the people in employment, not <laughs> simply... Um, a desperate need to fulfil um, the rental demands of an asset. <laughs> yeah, I think that there's there's some brilliant points really to to to, to round that off with, isn't it? Is that um, you know we we have to be looking after the you know the, the strength of of uh, kind of the businesses that we have, but also you know that those tech and online companies are really going to be at the fore. And, and in terms of education, as you mentioned, you know, ed tech is something that is that is here to stay. We heard that in our podcast last time uh, and, you know, on, on the kind of the benefits of online tutoring. And we know that that those systems will be part of the tutoring and education landscape for for good now, really. And that, that's that's a really positive step. Um, I know, for example, a qualified tutor was really the, the idea exploded because of this forced move to online um, training delivery, which is which is what really gave qualified tutor that step that it needed. And we know that training, as I'm sure you are well aware, Martin, as well, training will take this online um, kind of approach for for. Uh, really a very long time now because it allows that training to reach areas that it perhaps couldn't have and it also allows you know it just it facilitates a lot of the training especially if the tech is good enough for it to mimic face-to-face -face training and um, although it can perhaps never entirely replace it we but, stand right at the forefront of that because we see annually more e-learning from different uh members using different e-learning platforms than anybody else in the world, probably. Yeah. Um, so um, we can help people immeasurably improve their digital output um, yeah. if they give us the chance to do so. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Well, there, you know, that's, uh, 
there's the there's the call to kind of to seek out that CPD accreditation because it, it it's allows a third party assessor, as you said, not only to um to give that mark to your training, but also to allow these expert assessors, as Martin has mentioned and is part of himself, to assess your um your your content to assess your material against thousands of other um you know uh, professionally accredited training uh, sources so martin thank you so much for for joining us i really think there was a lot in there for those seeking training and seeking ideas and thoughts about whether they should turn to to training but also to tutors who have never perhaps been given that opportunity to seek out professional development in their in their sector um, so i think this is a, a really important conversation at a very important time because as the ntp rolls on we need to ensure that the tutors that are part of it are are professionally trained so thank you very much martin um, thank you very much for allowing me to talk to you yes and we will uh we will speak again, I'm sure, very, very soon. You know, that, that continuing relationship that we have with CPD uh, doesn't end here. Um, and, uh, you know, if you are looking to, um, as a tutor, uh, to join the conversation and, and seek out more CPD in the sector, then please do have a look at our website at qualifiedtutorcommunity.org and, uh, and check out the conversations and the courses that we have on offer. Thank you once again, Martin, and see you all again soon. Thanks for listening to the Qualified Tutor Podcast, where tutors share their expertise to support the tutoring community. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join our Qualified Tutor community at www.qualifiedtutorcommunity.org or find it in the show notes below. We exist to connect, share and learn with you because tutoring is a small job that makes a big difference.